Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. Okay, it's actually recording. Okay, hi guys, welcome back to the She's Known podcast. It is season two. Um, I'm really excited. I've got some of my girlfriends coming on this season to chit chat with me and to talk to you guys. Um, for starters, today I have one of my best friends here, Miss Brittany. Hey guys, what's up? Um, so she's one of my best friends. She's like a little sister to me. We have an eight year age gap, but that doesn't matter. It does not define us it and does, who we are. It doesn't. <laughs> it does not define us. Because we're still attached to the hip most times. Yes. yes, um, yes. So I'm like brain farting for a second. You're good. This <laughs> happens all the time. Um, it's your hot, your hot mess moment. Oh yeah. My hot mess <laughs> moment. Thank you. So starting the episode with a hot mess moment. So, um, Brittany's been at my place for a little over an hour already. We recorded <laughs> like yeah. 19 minutes. Yep. 19 minutes worth of the good juicy content. The good juicy content that we're going to redo. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden it just like stopped recording and when we checked, um, you sounded like you were underwater, I, and I was like, that's sounding, perfect, yeah. and I sounded like robotic and like, <laughs> you did. like you did. skipping, like you know when like um like a CD is playing and it's like the yep. CD skipping. Yep, that's, that's what that's I sounded it, like. Yes, it, yes, definitely was a hot mess. It was definitely a hot. And mess. you know what? I told her I was like, it's because we didn't seek God first. We didn't pray before. <laughs> we prayed so before. we prayed. I'm praying that this will go good right now. So I'm praying for no technology issues. Yes, of course. We're gonna get it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do so good. I honestly like I'm feeling on my heart that we should also pray towards the end of this as well. Pray for all the girls who are hearing and listening. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, I just felt that on my heart. Just Ooh, just stating like it out there. That we'll pray for you after. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, so good. Gosh, I love you. <laughs> Stop. It's God's wisdom. It's literally God's <laughs> wisdom. Um, so again, Brittany and I met at church. Yeah. Um, we're pretty close. We talk at least once a day. Yes. I would usually agree. multiple yep. times a day. Yep. Um, and then I try to find her. She works at Target, so I try to figure out her work she schedule. Me down. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I go strategically shopping yes at target during the times that she's working yeah she does and then she goes through my cart yeah i always check like what she's getting i mean like yeah like just know that if you're my friend i'm gonna check your shopping cart i'm just kidding you, no probably probably. <laughs> probably i don't know man did you do that with, with pastor ann when she no <laughs> i definitely would not do that to poor pastor ann no but i did see pastor ann multiple times at target um i forgot who else i saw adrian who's a part of the youth team as well with us um Ashley I have not seen Ashley I Ashley, Ashley to, saw you she saw me at a target one time but that's because I was doing shift I did shift for a little bit when things were getting a little rough and price was going up like crazy or the gas prices yeah it was insane for a minute and I'm like I gotta work more and like uh target they have this thing where they cut like every season they call it q1 q2 q3 q4 it's basically all the seasons of the year but sometimes they cut in between those seasons so that they could accumulate more 
hours and money for when we really need it, which is Q4. That starts in October and ends in December. Or like, I feel like you're speaking a different language. <laughs> it's just what like, I understand. It's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Q is like each season. So like right now we're in Q4, which What's is the, cut? they cut like hours or employees. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what are we Yeah, they do that. They so fire they people? No, not necessarily, but they will cut your hours to a point where you're like, I can't even make a living off of this right now. I'm on Target. But I always like to be the one who jumps in and is like, hey, do you guys have any shifts I can take? And people are like, yeah, we don't want to work this day. I'm like, perfect, works for me. So I just always find hours and I always talk to my managers and I'm like, yo, I want to work. I'm very much of a workaholic kind of person. I can't really find myself just sitting around or like doing any, like doing nothing. You know, I kind of have to always be busy in some way. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Well, when I'm in work mode, I'm in work mode. And then when I'm in like lazy mode, I'm in lazy mode. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. And that's totally good. You need to rest. You I have that rest. separation of church and state. Most teachers bring stuff home with them. I cannot do that. I will go insane. That's totally fair. You my, shouldn't have to. Yeah. My mental health does not allow me to do that. Right. Um, all right. Do you want to tell my, my few listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So fun fact, I'm Mexican. And I speak Spanish. That was my first language growing up. Um, I'm so also the, I know, yeah. I know a lot of people, when they see me, they don't expect that. And sometimes, like, I'm out in public places and people will say things. And I'm like, yo, I understood exactly what you said. Kind of like Rachel today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went on a sushi date with our friend. And um, let's just say that one of the workers is speaking in Korean. And our good friend Rachel knows Korean, and, and she does not look like she knows. Korean it, yeah, it's at funny. All. It's it's one of those things where you just don't know what people know, and, and <laughs> you gotta was, be careful. Let's just say he was a uh, crushing majorly, major, on, um, major crush on our married friend. Yes, let's specify married, 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 married. And then of course Brittany and I, the two single girls, he did not <laughs> even acknowledge. Not that we are Yeah, yeah, we don't need. Okay, we girls, let We don't need. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go on a whole rant. <laughs> I'm like, you'll we... rant about boys in a minute. <laughs> yeah, no. While men are wonderful, we don't need to have a man, right? So, yeah, just had to preface it with that. Yeah. Okay, how did we even get here? <laughs> uh, you're Mexican and Spanish was your first language. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, another fact is I'm the youngest of four. I have three older siblings. Um, they're all men. So that's fun. I'm the youngest and I'm the only girl. So that's a very interesting, that's a very interesting <laughs> match. Um, and yeah, that's, oh, and another fun fact is I grew up Catholic. So, yeah. I think that's crazy. And well, one of the reasons that I really wanted Brittany to be on um, the podcast, other than the fact that she's one of my favorite people. Um, oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> thanks. Um, Bring fire. Oh, yeah. I wanted you on the podcast, not just because um, I freaking love you, but because, um, stop it, you are. Uh, but because <laughs> I feel like you have a really cool story that is pretty, unfortunately, I feel like part of it is common, but you also have a unique way of how you went from Catholic and then you turned to a different route before coming back to um, Jesus as a Christian. And I feel like it's something that a lot of people, especially the younger generation, is going to relate to because it's being yeah. pushed it really is, on yeah. the young generation. Please yeah. don't knock that over. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, my cat almost knocked my water over onto the speaker. Oh, okay. oh sorry. <laughs> Laura was sorry. just having a sip of water. Don't pay mind to that. 
Um, yeah, that's true. I do have a unique story. Um, I can't wait to tell it with or to share it with you guys. A lot of you who are listening probably go to our church and know about me, but don't know me. Um, and so here in high schoolers that listen to it too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And obviously people who don't know who we are, um, it's really cool that you get to hear a story. I know that like, even if I don't know who the person is, I think it's so fascinating to hear a testimony and see Mm -hmm. what God did in someone's life, like regardless if I know him or not. Um, but for those of you who do know me or know of me, this is really cool. Um, it's exciting that you're going to know a piece of me. I think it's really awesome. Um, and just see how God worked through me. Um, so yeah, you guys ready for this? Let's do it. Awesome. Like Pastor Corey said, buckle up, Buttercup. This is this is some real stuff, okay? And it's it's gonna be a bit of a long story, but but I I really urge you to just kind of listen to it. Um, don't just, tune us out. Yeah, don't tune. There's just, a lot of good stuff. This is a really good story. There's a lot of good stuff. Honestly, and I don't even know why I'm saying this is a really good story. I think it, the reason why I'm saying it is not because of me mostly, but it's because of what God did. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's why I say this is a really it's life changing when God does something. Oh, for you know, sure. So. All right. So basically this all starts with me growing cap, growing up Catholic. I was one of those people who was a churchgoer, but I didn't really know why I was doing what I was doing. I never really opened the word. My parents are not devoted Catholics either. It was just more of a, like, you got to go to church kind of thing. You got to do your um, communion. I did my communion. I would go to like church, I think once a week and I would just take the class with my teacher. Um, And so it, it was funny because Catholicism is so different from Christianity and like all the things that I did, I learned in Spanish. I did my, it was called Catecismo, which was pretty much um, communion class and stuff. And I did all that. I literally prayed the prayers in Spanish. It's, I don't know why, but I always, I always affiliated Catholicism with Hispanic people. It's just, I feel like it's like a Hispanic religion. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's kind of, everything is so different when I came to a Christian church later on, but, um, basically I grew up Catholic, didn't really know what I was doing. I was super young, but I knew that I loved God and I just knew God loved me. I just felt like this connection. I felt the connection a lot and I just, I didn't know what I was doing per se, but I knew that God, I knew God loved me and I felt that I felt his love for me. Um, I also had really strong faith. I feel, even though I didn't understand the concept of faith, I, I just knew that I could trust God with anything. Like it was weird. I just knew I could pray and that it would happen. Like I just totally believed it and no, I didn't understand or know how anything worked, but, um, that's pretty much how that started out. And then when I went to high school, so forward a couple years, I went to high school and that's where everyone I feel has their moments where they deviate. It's either early in college or it's in high school. Yeah. And the reason why is because there's so many influences and it's a new experience. You go to school with new people. Um, my brothers are a couple years older than me, so I didn't really go to school with them or anything. I didn't have that high school experience with them. Um, so I was just kind of on my own. And I was kind of discovering what I liked, um, what I didn't like. Um, and I kind of wanted to just live freely, I feel. Because I'm the youngest and I'm the only girl and my parents are protective, especially my dad. He can be protective at times. I wouldn't your say brother's like, protective? Yeah, but not really. I don't know. For some reason, our relationship is is different than the most, like most sister-brother relationships. It's I not got like that a, from the, your brother that I met. Yeah, it's not like the, like what you see in movies, how the guy's like, you better not date my sister. You better not get next to my sister. Yeah. It's not like, my brother's like, I can care Loading less. the shotgun <laughs> at the door. Like they care for me, but they have their own way of caring for me. You know? Okay. Um. So yeah, my dad's more of a, more of the, overprotective kind of guy. And so I felt like in some ways I felt 
like I needed to experience life. I wanted to for some reason because I was one of those kids who was on top of my grades like at all times. I I pulled like so many all-nighters just for homework for my EP classes. I was just going crazy with school. And I was also um, captain of the dance team uh, my senior year. And so I was just so involved with school. I was one of those kids, you know? Uh, <laughs> I say those kids because I'm like, it's weird to it's weird to picture that, but I was one of those like scholarly kids who was always on top of everything with school. So you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just kidding. I'm, like, I'm thinking of the word, and I'm like, do I really consider? No. I'm like, yeah, I'm maybe a nerd. I am. I'm a nerd. Maybe you I were am. a well-rounded student. <laughs> I was a nerd. Stop. I think I think in terms of academics, yeah, I would say I was a nerd. Um, but yeah, so like I was basically involved in all of that. I had a job at McDonald's. That was my first job actually, and I was like 17 at the time. I was saving up for a car. Um, that kind of, so I was just very responsible since I was in high school, since I was young. And at some point in life, I'm like, this is not how life's supposed to be for a teenager. Yeah. I was like, I need to go out. I need to experiment. I need to party. I need to drink. I thought all these things because I was like, I don't want to miss out on a high school experience, you know? And so I got involved with the wrong, some, at some point I got involved with the wrong person who introduced drugs to me at some point. And it was just, uh, while I'm not going to say I was an active person who had drugs or anything, I did. I did try something one time, I'm not proud of it. I'm not saying this to be proud of it, but um, I just have done things that I'm not necessarily proud of. But I I look back and I'm like, wow, that's crazy what God did. Um, but I was just in that phase where I'm like, you know what? I need to just do life. And then that was just pushing me away more from God. I think there's a verse in the Bible that says, sin separates man from God. So the more that you sin, the more you're going to be separated from God. That's good. So I didn't even know anything about him. And I, I wasn't even, I didn't care to, to be honest, I'm being brutally honest in all of my testimony because I feel like everyone deserves that. Everyone deserves honesty. She's also a brutally honest person, which is one yeah. of the things I love about her. Yeah. I know that she will call me out <laughs> lovingly, of course, but I yes. know that she'll call me out. If like everybody needs a Brittany in their life. Everybody needs somebody who's going to be like, okay, I love you enough to tell you that you're doing something stupid. <laughs> and, I, and I definitely will. I, I am have, so honest. Yes, yes. Our Panera date a few months back, you were like, Lauren. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, okay. No, yes. <laughs> I will tell you that that's the one thing that I feel everyone deserves. It's the honest truth. She and called me out on a being, you know, doing, having to deal with a stupid boy. <laughs> See? Yeah. That's it's called accountability. And I love that Stupid my friend Lauren boys. over here trusts me with all her information. I, I try my best to guide her in the right way. According to the Bible, that's how it should be. And so, yeah. And that's what um, I, I love about our relationship is every time we talk, we always, at least for me, like I always grow a little bit of my faith every time we talk or like, I feel like it's strengthened or I learned something new or you help me look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, that's how you know it's a godly friendship because yeah. you both can learn from each yeah. other. It shouldn't just be one person giving all. You know, I feel like this is a, I feel like this relationship is really we give and we give to each other. You know? Yeah, so, I agree. I love that. Um, going back to where I was at, um, basically, yeah. So in high school, I'm I'm not really doing the best things. I'm not doing horrible, awful things that will get me arrested or anything like that. But just like things that are like not good for where I thought I was morally, you know, being a silly goose. Yeah. I was just doing things that are not like that weren't really okay. Um, and so at that point in life, I was separated from God and I felt like I had such 
a big hole in my heart that I was like, you know what, let me try to find out what can fill this. So like, obviously the one thing you run to is a relationship or a person. Right. <laughs> and so leaving McDonald's two years later, I ended up um, at a yogurt shop in Temecula and I was, I ended up becoming a manager there, but for a while I was just, um, I was there and I, there was some guy that was really captivating at the moment. Um, and he just seemed super motivated for life. He just seemed super passionate about what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a motivational speaker. He just seemed like someone who knew what he wanted from life. And I found that super attractive at the moment because like, you know, someone who's really dedicated towards something is, is that's awesome. I love to see that. I love to see people who are driven, but the thing is he was driven for the things of the world versus what a Christian guy would be driven for, um, for the kingdom. And so I thought that this is the guy that I wanted. And the second thing about this though, is that he was in a relationship at the time. Ugh. And yeah. And Ugh. so things ended up happening where he and the girl broke it off. Um, and so that was the moment where I was like, okay, like maybe this is a good time. And the second thing about this is that like he, rebound. No, yeah. <laughs> hashtag we love being the rebound. Um, I didn't think that though. I didn't, I didn't want to think that I guess, because you just assume that people have good intentions or that you could change a person. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this right now has felt that way. I feel like a girl's nature sometimes is like, I can fix him. Yeah. No, yeah. sweetheart, you can't. Only Jesus can. You can't you fix really can't sweetheart fix anybody. Can't. So young girls, young people, listen to me, even older people, whoever's listening, you can't change a man no matter what you do. The only one who can change him is God. That's it. That's the only one. Um... So basically I, I was, he was kind of leading me on, kind of making it seem like he wanted a relationship with me. He was taking me out on fancy dates. We went to a lot of hot spots in LA and like it was- On a yogurt boy budget. <laughs> on a yogurt boy on a budget. a yogurt boy budget. That's my favorite yes. part of the story is he's taking you to these fancy places on yeah. a yogurt boy budget. I don't know how mans did it, but like he was taking me to these really cool restaurants that I've never been to. And we went on beach dates. We did all kinds of fun things. And I share a lot about my life to him and it's really hard for me to trust. Um, so that was, that was really hard. And moments later, or like, I guess months after talking, like FaceTiming every night, getting to know each other, she's trying to find that. Oh, sorry. Um, I just snorted. <laughs> no, you're good. After like moments of, or like months of getting to know him, um, he decided that the cool thing to do was ghost me instead of communicate that he was still hurt, you know? And I guess I kind of piece it together and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give him grace. I mean, I didn't understand what it means. It, I didn't understand what it meant to give someone grace, but in worldly terms, I was like, you know what, maybe he's just going through it. It's cool. You know, like it's fine. I get it. No. Yeah. Literally. No, I was in so much pain, but it was only a few months. So I got over it kind of soon. Um, girls, let this be a lesson to you too. Don't ghost the guy. Just communicate. Yeah. If you don't, same thing with a friend, dude. Like I had a recent falling out with a friend and I, the, the thing that I had to do was communicate. So anyway, <laughs> sorry, it basically cut us off, but, um, computer's not happy with us. Today. Yeah. It's just acting up a little bit, but basically where I left off was just make sure like Lauren said, make sure you're honest with your friends or your partner, whatever it is. Um, like if you're not really feeling it anymore, I had a falling out with a friend and I thought it was best to just communicate and tell her why it just, you know, wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna work out anymore. I guess it's friendship. You know, so just be honest with people. Don't ghost them. It's not cool. You shared your life with this person a bit and it's not cool to just slip out whenever you want. You know, it's you owe that person. I, I mean, not that you owe anyone anything, but really think about it. Like at the end of the day, you you spent time with this person. You gave them 
a piece of who you were in some way by sharing all of your information with them. I guess in a sense, not that they deserve to know, but I think that like, it's only fair, I guess. Well, and just be kind. Like God, God has called us to be his light and to be the reflection of him. And how much of a reflection are we, like how positive of a reflection are we going to be if we're just condemning them, ghosting them, being mean to them and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just be kind. Right. And so basically Jesus said so. (laughs) Hashtag amen. (laughs) Right. So that's that's why it's so important to communicate. Um, uh, going back to the story, though, I'm going to call him Roger. That's not his name. Ooh. I'm just going to give him a name. That way you guys can kind of keep Roger, what I'm saying. I like it. Roger. Um, so Roger ghosted me at that time. I was working on myself, trying to get better. The second thing about it is that we worked together. So that was really hard. You were his boss, boss, weren't you? Actually, no. We were both managers. Oh. So, yeah. So it, it was um, it was just hard having to see him, I think. Cause like knowing he acted up and then after that, it was just weird. It was like, we didn't really know each other. I guess that was just his like poor communication or whatever because of the heartbreak that he was going through. Um, so he goes to me for a couple months and then later decides to come back. Okay. Ew. No, this is, this is all during, let me give you guys a scope of what time we were in right now. This is before the pandemic, like got back to a point where we all had to, what was the word? Um, we all had to like stay in our homes. Uh, oh, the lockdown or locked, whatever? Yeah, like that kind of, yeah, it was where we had to like. It was during lockdown? It was like months before, like maybe a month before. Okay, right. This is when he lockdown. reached out again, right? And so we started hanging out again. Oh, boy, you just lonely. Yeah, and the thing is, the sad thing about it is I didn't, I don't, I didn't recognize it at the time when I should have known. People were like, yo, this is sketchy. Like even my best friend was like, no, like, dude, what's going on? And I was like, no, like I wanted to believe that he just needed time to figure things out and I'm like okay he's ready now um and so then the lockdown hits everyone can't go to work for a couple months I'm just in my home like every single day doing schoolwork online and it's just a really rough time being in the house with everybody there but um we still found ways to hang out and FaceTime each other and all that and then it got to a point where like he ghosted me again and the second thing about it this time was that I was really attached I think I had I don't want to say I fell in love, but I think I did. And it was a love that obviously wasn't returned. Um, Maybe you fell in lust or infatuation. But it could have been been love. I was experiencing all kinds of emotions at this point when it came to him. Um, And it sucked because my friend who had Bumble, I think it was Bumble or Tinder, she had a dating app, right? And she saw him on there. While you guys were talking? While we were, the second time he ghosted me. So when he ghosted me, like days after she saw him on a dating app Ew. and she sent me a picture. She's like, is that him? And I'm like, yeah, that is him. So you can't even imagine like what I felt. I was like, wow, basically everything that we went through, like meant nothing to him at all. I'm so glad I didn't know you at that time because, uh, yeah, you definitely like... would have stopped me before I fell into distress. And the I... thing is God allowed that. Yeah. I feel like I would have talked to him. No, no, yeah. actually I would not. Girl, <laughs> you would have talked to me and you would have been like, yo, this yeah. is not cool. Girl, let's get it together. But you know, the beauty about this is that God let me go through that. I actually have a picture on my phone of when I was crying so bad that my eyes were so like gross looking, like they were so red and puffy. 
I still have that picture to remind myself, like, dang, like, this was really bad. <laughs> oh, like, like, this is a point that I want to be at. No, look at the picture. No, literally, it sucks because, like, I saw that and I'm like, wow, it sucks that I actually went through that experience. But I think that it was all in the end where I was supposed to have been for what God would do. And so during this time, listen, hear me out, guys. Please, when it comes to this, don't have any judgment. And I'm sure you won't. Um We've all been there, but this is a next level crazy. Like this is something that a lot of people don't know. But when I fell out of that, I went into what is called witchcraft or um, new age spirituality. And the, the sad thing about this is that the devil makes it seem like it's something that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just you wanting to align yourself with who you're supposedly meant to be. And well, it's so popular today too. Like so crystals popular, and, so and a, yeah, I'm about to really irritate somebody right now. Yeah, listen to this. Uh, listen to astrological this. signs. Yep. That's yep. not biblical. It's not biblical at all. Not at all. Like you don't just get to decide who you are based off of a sun or moon yeah. sign or the stars that were in the sky when I was born. Yeah. I know. My personality. It does not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like this isn't even and the second thing about this is like, don't take it as a form of judgment. Take it as a, as a form of like protection. Like, Hey, I went through this me myself. I'm telling you why it's not good. So listen to this. But basically I felt like I really was in a desperate place. I really wanted him. I really did. And I did this whole entire study on what it is to manifest what you want in life. So I, I was looking up on YouTube. There was this one girl that I would watch. Everything that I watched, every video I watched about her tarot readings were dead spot accurate. Oh, he would come back. Oh, he would do this. Oh, he would do that. Oh, your connection is so magical. It made it seem like you really like knew what was going on. And I think the one thing about why I fell into it in the first place is because I'm very... I can be very anxious at times. And at that moment in life, I was super anxious. Couldn't even like going to a grocery store was really hard for me. Um, and so I just needed to know what was going to happen in my life. I wanted to know all the details. This is why God says you shouldn't. And the funny thing about this, I was thinking about this the other day, but we shouldn't know the future because if we did, we'd be so dead focused on what's going to happen that our pain would cause us anxiety. Yeah. And the thing is, remember when Jesus was praying and he prayed and he was sweating blood because of the cross, what he was going to face, what he saw. I have enough anxiety. I don't need to, like, I want, and it's weird because, like, I don't need to know my future and I don't want to know my future. But, like, there are some, there are some aspects I think that everybody at one point or another is like, I don't need to know. But, like, God, can you tell me this? Or what's that? Um, yeah. The the audio on like Instagram reels and TikTok where it's like, I'd love to go with the flow, but like what time does the flow Most start? <laughs> like I sometimes yeah. feel like that's me like, yeah, no, I'm totally going to go with the flow, but like when? No, that's, that's exactly, I can relate to that. And so that was a dark period, I guess, in my life. It was locked down. I had so much time. There was nothing else. God, God knew, but the devil knew more in, in terms of like, this is the time where I got to jump in. Yeah. obviously God knows more, duh, but God allows this to happen. So that way he can use that for something greater. And so God was like, you know what, you know, there's even a verse that says, I will hand them over to their demises. Like this is like, whatever they choose, I will hand them over to it. Mm -hmm. God's not a forceful God. He will let you do what you need to do. And then when you call on him, he's ready to pick you up. Well, and that also goes back to, I know that we've had this conversation before of it's like, well, why does why does God allow some people to go into heaven and others to not? But that's kind of what it is, is 
God's letting you choose. Like you can choose to come with him and, and, you know, believe in him and be saved um, by him and what he did for with Jesus on the cross. Um, Or Mm -hmm. you can choose the world. And if you choose the world, you can't be, you know, getting to the gates like, oh yeah, no, I chose something other than it's like, I've said the analogy before. It's like, if you were to go up to somebody who's like really nice and rich and knock on their door and say, Hey, I'm moving in. And they're like, what? And they're like, no, I'm a good person. You can let me move in. Like, I'm sure you have a good person, but I don't know who you are. You can't just come in. That's kind of like with God, like, I'm sure you did some good things, but you didn't believe in me. In fact, you condemned me. Yeah. That's good, Lauren. Um, I totally agree. And so basically God was letting me have that moment where I was like, you know what? New age spirituality sounds great. Let me do it. So as soon as I was watching all those videos on YouTube of, of all those um, tarot readings, I said, you know what? Tarot readings sound like a great idea. I want to do that. And I said, maybe if I could do them for myself, I could know what my life's going to be like. And I love that. I thought I really had my life in the palm of my hands and I could know everything about what I wanted to know. So I started learning. I actually went to Barnes and Noble. I picked up a book and it was a book that taught me all about what it is to be a tarot reader and what all of the cards meant. So the thing is with tarot reading, I still remember it's kind of, kind of scarred in my head. Um, it's a good but, reminder though. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's like 70 something cards and Gosh. I learned most of them, more than half of them. And there's different meanings upright when you read the cards and there's different meanings when you read them upside down. And so there's over maybe a hundred meanings to these cards and I would write them. I still have them in my notes in my phone. And I don't, I don't bother looking at them. I don't even know why I really have them, but I guess it just kind of serves to remind me of what's got, what God's done. Um, but I was really learning. I was good at it. I was manifesting. I did this whole journey to get the love of your life back. It was just this thing that I bought and it was some like healing meditation experience. And I did it over the course of 20 days. He was texting me and all these, all the things that I wanted were happening. And there's some fear in that. And I just thought like, Hey, like everyone, my family was telling me like, Hey, this is not right. Like something about this isn't right. And I was like, no, like it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. This is just positivity. It's light. It's disguised as light. Um, and I bought three tarot decks. Um, I also bought crystals online. Um, cause some of them were said to have healing properties like the amethyst, um, and all kinds of things. I was basically one of those girls. I even had a heart pendant necklace that was made out of stone. And that was basically to attract other people. And so remember this time in my life, I really wanted that. I wanted to be seen as this attractive person. I wanted to, cause I didn't have any confidence in myself. And in this time I was also struggling with body dysmorphia. I just feel like the person that I was, was like depression in a person and whatever I could find that would help me feel better is what I did. And so I was struggling with my body image. I felt like I was huge. I just looked at myself and I just, I was not happy with myself. I just, I I just felt so terrible. Um, and so during these maybe eight to nine months, I was doing everything that I wanted with manifesting. I remember I would even do things like journal and I would say, um, I can manifest that I'm going to get this tomorrow. And then sometimes it would happen and it was quite freaky, but then I would read about it on the tarot community, like on Google and like all kinds of things on Quora or whatever. And like, people are like, Oh my gosh, that's how you know, like you're good at what you're doing. And like, um that like it's working and like the law of attraction is real and like it's scary because some of these things are real but that's because the devil is doing that yeah not because it's meant to be like that or you have any power it's because the devil wants you to be involved in those things that are evil well and he's good at his job 
Yeah. We sometimes think that, think that we can outsmart God and we think that we can outsmart the devil, but we can't. They've been doing it a lot longer than us. So much longer. It's scary. Um, the, the scary thing about it, I don't really know, but I just, I, there was things that I started to feel were wrong about it. Like during, like down the, the line, I would wake up at 3 a.m. for a couple of nights consecutively. And for some reason, I would wake up in fear. It was scary. It was weird. There was even a point in time where like our doorbell would ring in the middle of the night and no one would be there. We have a ring camera so we could see what's going on oh. at, at night. Yeah. And so there would be times where the, the doorbell would ring and nobody would be there. It would be like two something in the morning. My dad would go downstairs. We'd check what's going on and nobody made the connection that it was what I was doing. Um, so I just started feeling like things were not right about something. And I kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit, but I was really like in tune. I was very, I was doing all the things the witches were doing. And TikTok was the place where I actually was starting an account. And so I was so into this. I started a TikTok account for my tarot page. My best friend Angelica knows about it. She pretty much watched my entire journey. Um, she's known me for eight years, so she knows long enough. And um, I started my page and guess what? The devil is so good at what he does that he entices people. My account was doing well over amazing, I would say. I oh. would get at least maybe 30,000 views for my videos that I would wow. create. And I was just good. I have this I have this intuitive thing where I'm really good with my intuition and it's probably because it's the gift of prophecy and she not- is. She's really good. And not, it's probably the gift of prophecy and not the gift of what the devil wants me to do. Um, it's not just intuition for reading tarot cards, but I was so good at reading tarot that one time I even did a, a reading for a friend at work and I told her, hey, um, the, with the sun card, I can see that someone's going to reveal something to you. Like it's probably someone in your family, someone you're close to. I was looking at the other cards as well. It looked like it was a familial relationship. So I was like, someone's going to reveal something to you by tomorrow. She calls me tomorrow morning. She's like, yo, I just found out that my mom's going to get surgery in Tijuana. Like it's a whole thing that she's going to do. And she didn't even bother telling any one of us until it actually came like to happen. And I was like, wow, like that just like, there was times where I even predicted what would happen in her relationship that she was, that she's currently in. And it was just crazy things that I knew that it was, it was insane. Yeah, for I, fun. I even did like one about the like election. I was like, oh, who's going to win President Trump or Biden? And I was like, I can see Biden winning. I saw two men, like two, like the emperor and some other man in the cards. And I'm like, these are the two men that we're dealing with. And I see Biden's going to win based off of what it means to be a part of the Democratic Party and like what the cards look like. And it oh. was true. It was totally true. Well, and I like we've I told you this before. I think you know because God gives everybody different gifts, right? Yes. So we've got teaching, exhortation, prophecy. There's like a bunch of them. Interpretation. Interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you you have like the gift of prophecy or something. Your intuition is insane, and I think that the devil was trying to like twist it. He did. That's funny, Lauren. Now, now that you mentioned that, I think of it and God or the devil knew what God had equipped me with. God, yeah. God had given me something and God spoke something over my life and the devil wanted to use that gift for his own convenience. Yep. And that praise God that I'm in a different spot now, but you're so right about that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about it, but you're right. He will do that with people. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where I found myself. And like months after that, I just kept searching. I was, I was soulless. I felt like there was no meaning to life really. Um, so I remember this one time I got on the site of Christian TikTok. So you know how the algorithm goes when you're on TikTok and you start liking things. Uh, sorry, sorry, my cat's going to the bathroom in the litter box. Yeah, literally in the middle of this conversation, she's just, she's just like, you know what? It's the great time to go to the she's bathroom. She's like, this right is now. good. Yeah. Um, good word, Brittany. Okay. She's upset. We're not paying attention to her. 
that's just you do you girl you do you you do you sis um basically so yeah like the the way that tiktok works is the more that you like something the more that you see it on your page so i remember one time i was like scrolling through some videos and i liked this christian page uh, I was liking some of their videos. I was like, oh, this is cool. I remember what that was like, you know, I was growing up as a kid and I was, I was raised to believe in God. So that's cool. Um, but like, I didn't hate God necessarily, but I didn't love him either. I was just kind of neutral when it came to God. I was like, sure, whatever. Like I've let him down so many times and why would I even bother at this point? Um, and the more that I started liking those videos, the more that um, I saw. And so one night I was just sitting in my bed and I was like watching a video about someone and they were crying. You know, they did some of those crying videos where they're like, God laid down his, you know, Jesus laid down his life for you. And then like, they're yeah. all crying and all. And like, I guess it kind of got to me that night. Cause I was like, yeah, you're right. And like these people, like these people who have their TikTok pages talk so much about how they love God. And I was like, I remember what that was like. I was like, that was a love that I don't think I ever experienced like anywhere else. Like not with that Roger kid, not with, my friends, not with anything that I was doing, like none of that actually gave me happiness or made me feel comfortable. So I was like, you know what? Let me do something dangerous tonight. So I prayed in my bed. Literally, I call dangerous. It, I'm like, I call it dangerous because I was like, I knew what it was like to give your life to God. Like you gotta live on the edge and pray. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I was, I literally thought that. I was like, because the, the reason why I felt like it was dangerous was because I felt bad. Like I was like, God, I had done so much to deceive you. There was a lot of things that I didn't really care about, like, and I just didn't feel like I was in a place that, of worthiness, like most people do before they come into the religion again, or before they come into a relationship with Christ, they feel like they're not worthy enough. And, and so that's why we constantly pre preach the message, you know, like, like, it's all about God, not about you, like God will meet you where you're at kind of yeah. thing. And so I truly believe that. So I sat there and I prayed, I said, God, renew my heart for you. Like right now, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't feel like I really want to give my life to you. I don't really care to like being honest, mm -hmm. the way that I said it, I was like, God, you already know my heart. There's no point in lying to you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I want to have a relationship with you, but if you can renew my heart, that'd be awesome. Like I would love to do that. Um, and then, yeah, so I would pray that like every night, nothing really changed for like two weeks, three weeks going on into a month. Um, until one day I just felt inspired to read the word of God. But you did that like every day for that. Moment. Yep. I did. Yep. Every day that I didn't, I, for me, it was so much about feelings. I know a lot of people say, well, feelings are not important in your relationship with God, but they kind of are, you know, and I didn't feel like I was in a place to jump in and just follow God in that moment as most, as most atheists don't in the minute either. You know, it's like, you really need a moment where you're surrendering to God and praying to him and asking him to help you because I didn't feel like I wanted to come back. That conviction. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I prayed and one day miraculously, it was really miraculous. I think it's God's timing. That's so precious, but mm -hmm. I just wanted to read the word of God. And I remember my brother had a, a start Bible by Greg Laurie um, in his room somewhere. And he got it from a friend years ago. Oh, I have that. Yep. And it was a start Bible for the new Testament. So I picked it up one day and I said, you know what, let me start. And Lo and behold, I started in Matthew and I just went from there and it took me five, six months, but I finished the New Testament, all of it. And after the first month of reading the word, I was like, maybe I should go to a church. I was like, maybe this is where I need to go because like God's obviously, I feel like God's putting that on my heart. So I was like, okay. So I jumped around to center point, didn't really feel like it was a connection, jumped around to Calvary and didn't feel like it was a connection. Um, I went to the rock, I believe. I just went to, I went to different churches around the area and then I found the bridge church. And that's what my home church is now. But as soon as I walked in, I just felt this assuredness that I had to be there. And I was worshiping and I was scared of the sad thing about this, or I guess not the sad thing, but like, 
I came in without any direction. Like that's how you truly know God appointed this because I came in not knowing anyone there. No one brought me to church. No one was like, Hey, you should come to the bridge. Like it was just something that I did. And I brought my best friend Angelica along with me and we just started going there. And she was like, you know, I'm not really feeling this yet. I don't know if this is my home church. And I'm like, that's totally fine. Like you got to figure your thing out too with God. And, and she wasn't really that close to God either, but like now she's growing with God and I was praying for that for a while. And um, then eventually like months down, I wanted to join the youth team and um, pastor Amber, who was at one of the bridge women connect groups that I was in with Ashley, we met there and she was like, Hey, we would love to have you on the team. And so she plugged me in and like late, I think like later on in like the next year I got baptized and I just felt like things were really starting to change for me. And yeah, that's pretty much my testimony. Sorry that it was so long, but I feel like it was so important to get through what led to everything that happened and yeah, how I ended up here and I'm on fire for God now. And God called me into school of ministry, which is basically like an internship at our church. And um, I really feel now that I have a heavy calling for, for ministry in some way, whether that be a child's pastor. A lot of people say you can be, you would totally be a child's pastor. Like I could see that. And I can see you working in ministry. You have such like a natural knack for it. And it's clear that like God has um, like grasped, grasped your heart. Um, and just the way that you, I don't know, you love kids and you love working yeah, with kids. Definitely. And I don't know, like, I, like I said, I just feel like every time we have a conversation, I just feel, feel, filled with the Holy spirit. And I feel like that's where a lot of people feel around you is once they have a conversation with you, they feel filled with God and Jesus and you can see him working through you and you can see your love for him. It's all God. It is. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, it's funny cause I felt like I was the least equipped person. I felt like I was the least person God would call that would transform my life. But sometimes guys hear this word. Sometimes you need to make a courageous move like that. Oof. When you don't feel like you are worthy enough, let God be enough for you. Like let him be the one ordaining all of this. It's funny because when I didn't want anything with him, he was the first person I seeked to help me with that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, God can do the impossible. I've always believed that. I didn't know everything about what it meant to be in the church world, but I knew God could do the impossible. And so I gave that to him and I said, you know what? I want to do this, but I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't know what to do. I don't. And God led the way. Everything that I'm doing, everything that I did was led by God because no one introduced me. And it kind of reminds me of the stories in the Old Testament where God's like, I'm going to do this with the most impossible situation. So that way people can actually know it was me. Yeah. Remember, there's so many times he used David, a shepherd boy, to beat Goliath. Like, that's that's truly how I feel. I feel like God used a person like me who was into tarot, all these things that were evil that I didn't even know were evil. And he brought me awareness. And now I can speak on this and tell people the truth of it. Like, it's not good. It messes with your mind. Um, rocks can't heal you only God can. And just really trust him with that. Like give him a chance and he will show you how faithful and how good he is. And what he's done in my life is, is beyond me. I can't even begin to explain it. Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word. Well, and that's why I wanted you like, do not apologize for having a long testimony because that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on here. Not just because I love spending time with you, but because I feel like you have such, um, it's a unique story, but it's so relatable. Unfortunately, so relatable yeah, to, right. it's like, that's popular. That stuff is popular. And that's the thing with the enemy is he's really good at thinking, like, he's really good at making people see like, look guys, you want to be free. 
and here, do all this bad, creepy stuff that's going to let me infiltrate your life um, to be free, when in reality, that's just chaining you down to him, and freedom is being in the word. Amen to that. I yeah. agree. I feel like I didn't even think for myself when I was in those moments. I, I was looking to the world and what it could offer. Like if looking to the world was a person, it was me. I wanted everything the world had to offer. I thought all of it meant something. And it's it's crazy how how easy my viewpoints were shifted. It, let's talk about abortion real quick. We're not going to get too into it. But um, I, for the longest time, I felt pro-life, you know, and um, that's when I was in high school. I felt pro-life. And I didn't really know why. I just knew I just love babies. And I'm like, yeah, like you didn't tie anything to the Bible. It wasn't political for me in my head. Babies. Or it wasn't like biblical or anything. It was just like, I love life and I want to protect life. But then like in high school, like I started being influenced by other people that were around me in my classes. And they're like, hey, you should be pro-choice. And so for a while I was like, yeah, I'm pro-choice. I'm like, you're right. Women should have the opportunity. And it's just like, I don't want to get too into this like that. But <laughs> What I mean is like, now that I came to God, I feel like all of my thoughts make sense. And I remember Pastor Corey saying something. He's really awesome. Um, but Pastor Corey said something in one of his messages where it's like, you should not get your views from the world or anything other than the word of God. Yeah. That's where your views should be formed. And it's like, yeah, a hundred percent. I see our church and I see the way they think. And it's based off what the Bible says. We're a very scriptural based yes, church. Really and I really, are. That's I what I really love, love that. Yeah. Well, and then it's not. Like uh, Pastor Gary, I think, said last Sunday, it's not like, don't look at the scripture for what you think the scripture is. Look at the scripture for what it is, because a lot of people look at the scripture and interpret it however they want to interpret it. Like kind of how earlier you and I with Rachel were talking about how, like, if you're if you're looking for something specific, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for the negative, you're going to find it. If you're looking for the holes in a situation, you're going to find it. Right. Um, So if you go into reading the Bible with a certain mindset, that's like very closed minded, you're going to be riding the struggle bus a bit of the time because you're going to see what you want to see, but it may not be the truth because you've distorted it in your head. Right. Yep. That's good. Um, okay. What is one of the biggest, I know that he's taught you a lot of lessons, but what do you feel like one of the biggest lessons that God has taught you is, um, wow. That's, that's good. Um, this is a really deep question. Cause I feel like, like you As said, if God didn't just me... hear your whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to hear some more. I'm kidding. Um, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's more. Um, one of the biggest lessons God has taught me is to I would say is just to be obedient. Um, one oh, thing that good. one thing that we see a lot in the Bible is that people failed because of their feelings. Yeah. Um, you see David and Bathsheba. You see um, Samson and Delilah. When people make decisions based off their feelings, they lead themselves to distress. Yeah. And so one of the things that God's been showing me a lot in life is that it's not about how I feel. Sometimes it's just about making the decision, which if you would have told me this before, I would have been like, you're crazy. I'm not going to step into something without knowing what's going to happen. I was very fearful. And um, I guess one of the things that God's shown me is to really be obedient. And one of the people that I, that I really see that in is one is a person named Josie at our church. She, yeah, she's so, so obedient to the Lord. She did amazing things that like, I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, you really did that girl. And like, we just laugh about it because she knows it sounds a bit silly, but if God put that on her heart to do it, he did it for a reason. Yeah. And she steps in faith knowing that she had to have done that. And so 
you know, I think that that's the beauty of it, just being obedient and not listening to your feelings, but just making the active decision that you're going to do what God tells you to do. Yeah. And you can ask for signs. That's the, that's the fun thing about our relationship is I ask God for signs about something and, and he'll, he'll give me that specific sign sometimes. You can ask God about that. You know, you can have some sort of doubt. Like just because you step into this, you know, relationship doesn't mean that you can't have any doubt. Like God knows your doubt. Yeah. And he'll deal with it in some way. Well, it's okay to ask questions too. Definitely. I think a lot of people yep. are like, you can't ask questions because that means that you're, you know, you, you don't believe or you, you don't have little faith. faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm asking questions because I'm trying to learn more and I'm trying to grow more. I understand that it might, I call it like, um, I say some, there are a lot of things that are above my spiritual pay grade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I understand that it might be above my spiritual pay grade, but like I'm a Bible nerd. I'm constantly in search of like growing more in the word and growing more in my relationship with God and all of that. And well, when you're getting to know somebody, how do you get to know them? Yet ask questions. Yep. And so it, I, people look so down on it sometimes, like how dare you ask a question? It's like, I'm not asking because I have no faith. I'm asking because of my faith. Seriously, that that's a good word, Lauren. I'm so thankful that I have a church where I feel like I can do that. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, why would you ever question this, this, and that? And I, I can go up to Pastor Corey. I can go up oh, to Rachel. Oh, pastors are really good Amber, about that. Yeah, Gary. Um, I can ask anyone at the church, and they don't look at me with this crazy face. They look at me as like, this is awesome that you want to know this. Yeah. And they make you feel good about it. And I'm like, I love that because... I was always so worried about asking questions when I was younger, even when it came to math or whatever subject, because I felt like I was shunned for it. Like, oh, you should know. Or like, you why know? Did, did you not pay attention? Yeah. And it's like, Christians are awesome. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you have any questions, go yeah, to a yeah. church near you and ask a bunch of questions and like, they won't shut you down. Okay. Um, sorry guys. We're, we're cutting in and out of, because the computer's just having a fun time today. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, oh, your life lesson, being obedient. I know I had um, some of the conversations I had with Pastor Corey not long ago where I was like, I'm scared, but I asked, (laughs) it's scary, but I asked God, like, how can I be obedient? Like, show me, I want to be obedient to you. Show me how to be obedient to you. And Pastor Corey was like, well, like that 99% of the struggle is getting to the point where you want to be obedient to God. And I'm like, I know, but I'm scared. And he's like, but that's good. Like you, you're not necessarily human. We're not going to be like, yeah, God, I'm willing to go sacrifice my life for you. Like we we're going to be hesitant about things. Yeah. Um, I know that you talked about Josie, which kind of leads into one of my other questions that I had, which was, um, who are some of your inspirations or mentors that help you grow in Christ? Um, well, you definitely are one of them. You Aww. are definitely you're you're definitely you're definitely one of the people that I that I love talking to because I feel like you have so much wisdom on everything, and that's the beauty about our age gap is that you've went through things that I haven't experienced, and you come from a place where you can encourage me in a Christian way, mm-hmm. and that's unique. That's beautiful. I love that I have friends who understand my life and understand what it is to struggle with these things. I know a lot of the things that I've talked to you about are mental health related things. Yeah. And mental health is one of the things in the church that is really hard for a lot of churches to talk about because some people approach it as you don't have enough faith in God. And that's why your mental health is trash or you don't have enough faith. You don't, you just doubt a lot. And the second thing is that like, yeah, that's true. But then there's also like a biological thing in your brain where there's chemical imbalances and 
you just go through things and, and you don't even really know what or why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Or right. other times it's nurture. It's We're your in a fallen world too. Yeah. So it's right. natural. Like when people are like, why is your mind not perfect? Because you love Jesus. Well, because the only one who has a perfect mind would be Jesus. Right. Which is why we're called to rely on him. <laughs> right. That's the whole point of what in, we do. He, what is it? In um, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's, so. that's, that's good. Yeah. So I would say definitely that you're one of those people for me. And I think another person that I've come to love a lot is Rachel. Um, oh, I love Rachel. Rachel and I have had conversations before about my faith and my doubts and my big questions. And she just, God just really speaks to her in such a pretty way. And there's one time I came up to her with a specific issue and I told her like, I just, I don't feel like I'm enough or I feel like, like I'm in a point in life where I'm just like, like things are just so hard for me like to do and I'm, I'm, it's so hard for me to feel like like I'm meant for this calling because I don't know what it is and I just had a moment of so much fog and she spoke so beautifully into me and she she was telling me that like like God sees you as a painting with a signature on it you know and like she just went in detail about like she used all these beautiful analogies and like I feel like she really she's super eloquent with the way that she um, the way she speaks yeah it's like you it's like you see that and it's like, wow, like it's, it's so awesome what she's learned with her life and her story and her sharing those things with me. It was, it's, it was really, really beautiful to hear that, you know, she understands the struggle. And so yeah. she's the one that we went to sushi with earlier. Yes. Yeah. That we were talking about. Yeah. She, she's really awesome. She really speaks. I, love her. Her I would classify her as one of my best friends too. Yeah, she knows a lot about me. Yep. I spent a lot of time with her family though too. <laughs> I'm like always at the, ain't that the truth. I'm always, always at the coffee bar. <laughs> I'm always at the coffee bar. I'm always well, even at their house. I'm always over with hanging out with her family. Yep, exactly. Her mom and I are friends, <laughs> like best friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah i I love Rachel. I feel like I learned so much from her, and I know that. Um. So last week at our um, youth service on Wednesday night, her no, not last week, the week before. Jackson spoke. Um, her husband spoke. So I'm going to actually have her and her husband on the podcast soon. Um, so he spoke and kind of gave a little bit of a testimony. And one of the things that he was talking about was when he first met Rachel, his wife. So girls, you want to know how to get a man? Here you go. Yep. Um, the, the thing that stood out to him is after he watched her for a while, he realized that she was not like the rest of the girls. She wouldn't be malicious. She wouldn't cuss she wouldn't gossip gossip she wouldn't start drama she was just kind to everybody no matter what she wouldn't pick and choose friends she wouldn't shun friends or anything like that she was nice to everybody always had energy always kind and uplifting um it's not even that she you know talked about god all the time because that's what people think about like oh christians they just want to talk about jesus all the time well sometimes that is true like i do that all the time i talk about jesus all the time same here <laughs> work, i bring god up in every conversation somewhere i bring it up in any way that i can yep, that's how it is. but she she's just i feel like she exudes the grace and the like there's something different about her and her joy and peace and everything about her and you know it's god and that's what stood out to her now husband when he yep. first met her was um, her character and the person she was. And he thought that it was so cool that she was different because like people of the world today are not nice. They're gossipy. They're um, foul words coming out left and right. Yep. There's, they're just not, I don't know. They're very much like, um, I'm going to do me 
and my thought like I'm the main character of my story kind of a thing but he looked at Rachel and was like wow she's selfless she's caring she's kind she doesn't gossip she um she's just she's just a solid person yeah and he noticed that about her and that was one of the reasons that he fell in love with her and then she did give him an ultimatum later I think yeah yeah. Their stories, their stories really they interesting. They have a really cool story. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll hear part of it. If not, I'm going to like poke until <laughs> they tell us a, a version of it. It's yeah. Gross. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Sorry, my cat. She's just wanting all the attention. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're hissing She's, she's a sassy little girl. She's a calico. That's what they do. Um, do you feel like God is moving any way in specific in your life like right now? Yeah, I actually talked to Pastor Amber about this. Um, we were talking about school of ministry, and I was telling her that like it's it, God's not a God of convenience. Um, he wants you to step out in faith and do things that you normally yeah. don't do. I'm actually in school right now for elementary education. I'm a junior at Cal State San Marcos, and um, so like my thing is like I like to finish things before I start something new. And so God put on my heart to do school of ministry. I remember when Pastor Amber first talked to me about it, and I I was like, oh, this is cool, but it's not for me, you know. Um, and then later on down the line, God was like, yep, you're going to do this. Like no questions asked. And there was like little things that he did to show me that this is what I had to do. And it wasn't just like people talking about it. Cause like you hear about that all the time, yeah. but it wasn't just that it was like, God moved in big ways and was like, no, you're doing this. Um, but I think that right now God's like pruning me. And I talked to pastor Amber about that. And she's, she agrees that like right now is such a unique time where God's doing a lot of things in me. And he's showing me a lot of things that I didn't know about myself before and like what I need to do to get better mentally, physically. Yeah. Um, I'm strength training at the gym. Like I've been lifting weights for a couple weeks, like Ooh, months now. I'm getting definition strong, is happening. Gaining weight on the scale, which is great because it just means muscle mass. Um, and like my pants are fitting looser and looser. So you know, you hear you're that girls? <laughs> the scale is going up, but the pants are getting bigger. Yep. That's how it is. You're gaining muscle mass. And so each week I write in my little notebook and like I'm adding pounds every week. So it's really cool. Um, so yeah, God's definitely in the season of pruning me and he's showing me that I need help like with mental things, you know, and getting therapy and all those things. And the thing is, I'm not even ashamed to say that because we're all in a fallen world and I go to therapy and everybody should go to therapy. Right. And the thing is, it's so healthy to get therapy. It's so healthy to speak to someone about what you're going through or the things you've been through in life. So that way, when you have a family in the future, you're ready for that, you know, and you don't bring those things into that family. What is it? Break those generational curses. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like without saying too much about that, like if you, if you think that you're struggling, you definitely should get help. And God's showing me a lot of things in this season of life. So I'm really thankful that he's pruning me and turning me into the person who I'm meant to be in the future. That's really awesome. So that is awesome. I like both simultaneously love and hate when I'm being pruned because mm -hmm. you can feel it. It's and, so painful and sometimes. You always yeah. feel like, why is God doing this to me? Yeah. Or what mm -hmm. the, the freaking devil, man, he's doing something. But in reality, it's, it's God growing you. Cause that's, if you have a, a tree or a fruit, but do, do fruit grow on bushes or just trees? I think, I think it can fruit brush. I, it bush? can, I think. Okay, let's just do trees. Cause let's I'm not just sure. Play it safe. <laughs> play it safe. It's like he's fruit on bushes. Um, so we have like a tree and a tree like apple. Ooh, it's like apple season. So let's talk about that. Cause apples are, they're really good. Apples yes. are so good. Apple cider is like, oh, I love apple cider. Apple anyway. pie. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so we have a fruit tree, an apple tree, right? And if it's overgrown, like that's cool for one season, but then it's not going to be successful the next season. So you have to prune it or even like rose bushes, you have to prune it, which you have to cut off different pieces of it. It's still going to produce fruit, but it's going to produce the right amount of fruit. It's not going to produce too much. It's not going to produce too little. It's going to produce the right amount of fruit. Yeah. Or um, I was listening to a podcast not long ago about, because we live in wine country. So if you don't live by Temecula, California, right up the street is just a bunch of wineries. We are like wine country, Southern California. Mm-hmm. Do you know how the, uh, vines produce the best grapes? Mm-mm. So the best grapes are produced. And this is, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say it's factual because I heard it on a podcast. And I probably <laughs> should I probably should have fact checked it. But um, the best grapes are produced when the vines struggle. So apparently the soil that we have here in the Temecula Valley, the soil is a little bit more rocky, which I have heard because like when we have earthquakes, it's safer down here than other places. Right. But our soil is a little bit more rocky. So what happens is the rocky soil makes the vines think that they're being strangled or they're dying. And so they produce the best grapes. Wow. And so what they don't realize is, oh, I have to produce the best grapes because I don't, I might not ever produce again. What they're not realizing is, well, you're struggling and then producing the best grapes. The struggle is not going to kill you. It might seem like it's going to kill you and it hurts sometimes. Like there were sometimes like I've had my heart broken and I dramatically thought my life is over. I'm going to die. Um, cause that's just how teenage heartbreaks go. Um, fair. Yep. But the, those struggles will lead to the best fruit. Like if you didn't go through some of those struggles and those downtimes and those like depressive moments, yeah. you wouldn't be producing the amazing fruit that you are now contributing to your connect group, going to the, the um, school of ministry, yeah. feeding into the friendships that you have, feeding into the colleagues that you have. Yeah. And cause you got to be the word of Jesus at work too. Yeah. And like, that's Absolutely. the same thing for me. Like I would not be, I don't, guys, they decided to put me in charge of a Bible study group. Um, I would, Praise God. I would not be, doing that yeah. if it wasn't for all of the struggles that God put me through to get me here. Because like, I have a checkered past as well. I have a sketchy past as well. And it, it sucked and it was hard, but now I'm at a point where I'm like, so like, praise God that I went through all of the poopiness that I went through yeah. because now I get to not only help mentor young women, but like, I'm not ashamed of my past because they can learn from it. Right. And I think there is a second Corinthians. Hang on, let me whip my Bible out. Second Corinthians. This is first Corinthians. Second Corinthians. He comforts us in our affliction so that we, oh, sorry, second Corinthians 1, 4. He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any, in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. When I read this, this is something, what did I put on my notes here? God is giving us tools to help others who are where we have been. Um, yes. He will use you no matter what your past is. 
it's really cool that when we think, oh, like, woe is me. Why did I get through this like point in my life? But then later on when you're healed or you're healing and you're doing great with your walk with Jesus, and then somebody comes into your life, that was where you were. And now you get to speak life into them. So maybe the reason that you went through that hard time and that struggle bus of a season was so that God can move in you and you can speak life into them. Yeah. Kind of like Pastor Zach was saying the other weekend, um, just take that step of faith because you never know who's waiting to be spoken into. Yeah. And we were all going back to my girl Esther perhaps we were made for a time such as this. Yeah. Like we all have a role to play in this gigantic puzzle situation that God has. And as much as we'd like to look at the blueprint, we have to, like you said, step out in faith because you never know who God's put in our path to see us and to hear from us. Yeah. That's actually, that's so good. (laughs) That's so good. And that actually brought an idea into my mind about like, if God's hiding you, stay hidden. Um, right now I feel God's really hiding me and I, at first was super confused and I, I had my moments where I'm like, God, like I, like, what's going, what are you doing like with me? But like you said, there's so much purpose in what he does and why he does it. And I truthfully think he's just growing me right now. He's getting rid of the things that are not meant to serve me. And I feel like God doesn't want you to stay stagnant. He wants you to keep moving forward. And if there's something holding you back, he's going to tell you what it is. And sometimes it sucks having to make decisions that you don't want to make, but you know that it's the right thing because you seek God's counsel. Like you seek him first and he's the one to tell you, you know, and it's like bittersweet. But like Lauren said, like you got to take that step of faith and just trust him, trust that he's doing something good for you in your life and, and uh, trust that he's going to grow you through it. What do you, what do you mean by um, if he's hiding you? Like you feel like he's hiding you. I feel like he's hiding me in terms of like, like, Um, I guess socially and like in terms of like other moves, I feel like sometimes you want to be noticed or you want specific things to go a certain way, but God's like, no, like I need you to be hidden because I want to do things behind the scenes with you. Okay. Yeah. And so, because like a lot of people want credit and recognition and stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you notice what God, what's God's doing and you're like, wow, it's actually him and not me, you know? And most of the time it's actually him doing things in you and it's not of your own strength. It's not how great I am. No, God did that. (laughs) God's God's literally teaching me that like, I have to use his strength for a lot of things. And I always want to fight things in my own strength and I fall short because I think I can. And the thing is God perfects us in our weakness. So yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, shall we pray it out? Yes, of course, definitely. Do you want me to? You? Who? Uh, um, I can lead, and then you can just finish us off. Perf. Let's do it. All right, everybody, go ahead and bow um, your heads and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you so much for what you did today in this podcast. Thank you for opening our hearts to speaking on things that we're not necessarily comfortable speaking on, but that is wonderful for your kingdom, God, and that is showing your glory, God. Thank you so much for bringing us together here. Thank you for having everything work out, God, after various <laughs> struggles. Um, the enemy wanted to hinder us. Not today. Not today, God. You hold. Not today, Satan. Like the song says, every victory is yours. Okay. Ooh, so okay. Okay. <laughs> every victory is yours, God. Thank you so much for what you did today. Um, I pray for all the young ladies who are on the other side of this, God. 
um, be with them, protect them, answer any questions they may have, God, and just leave them where they're meant to be, God, for your glory, for your purpose, for their callings, um, equip them with everything they need and just um, keep them safe and keep them learning. Lord, thank you so much for Brittany coming on and sharing her story. Lord, thank you for the courage in her to speak her story and speak uh, the truth that you have done so many amazing things in her and you're continuing to do that and you will continue to do that. Lord, thank you for um, fixing our technology issues yep, and you. our technical difficulties because not today, Satan. Nope, not, not today. today. Nope. Um, I pray that this um, episode helps somebody out there, even if it's just one person, Lord. And I pray that, you know, you, you use every bit of this to speak to everybody who listens to it in one way or another. Um, in your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks girlies for listening to all of this. So good. Tune into the second episode. I will definitely be tuning in. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so Thank excited. You. All right. See you guys Bye. next week. Um, all right, guys. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Brittany, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, I really hope that she spoke some life and truth into you guys the way that she's spoken to me. I always feel like I learn something new or look at it from a different perspective when her and I talk. She's one of those people that like we just we just love talking we just love talking about Jesus and so that's what a lot of our friendship consists of like yeah we we know each other and we know our um like dark secrets and life stories and all that fun stuff um but we just really love Jesus and that's one of the things that I I truly do adore about her I wish that at her age she's 21 I wish that at her age I was as on fire for God as she is. The way that I am on fire for God now, I wish I was that at her age, but I feel like there's so many people out there who are going to be blessed by her and her, the path that God is calling her to. And I really can't wait to see what amazing, amazing things she does. So Brittany, I love you so much, little sis. You're the best. Thanks for coming on. I'll have to have you back sometime. But as always, please rate, review, please share, like share this with your friends. Like, oh my gosh, guys, there's this like super cool podcast. I like really, really appreciate it and forever be grateful to you. Um, Because at the end of the day, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for God. And yeah, rate, review. Um, Love you guys so much. See you next week.